If half these women in this business, in the advocacy work, hmm. could be a tool of on a man's body, they would be uncircumcised dicks. Cheesy. Because that's how half these bitches are. Cheesy. In this business. I'm sorry. That's what I think. And every time they do something, I think about pulling back the skin and getting Clorox. And just washing them off. But... <laughs> <laughs> the filth. The, the pure filth. I know, Love I know, it. I <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsors. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout. Dick wipes. Yes. I am telling you about Promescence New Dick Wipes. These wipes will help you last longer in bed and take up no more space than a condom. Buy Promescence New Delay Wipes today at Promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man or Podcast. Shout out to the November No Nutters and the Freshly Fucked Fan Whores. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Just come, guys, okay? It's, it's okay. You can come. You have Billy's permission to come. In fact, you have my instruction. Come. Yeah, that's an instruction that normally costs you at least a $20 tip on OnlyFans. And for free, I'm telling you right now... Just come. It's not going to make you any better in bed if you don't nut for 30 days. It's just going to make you irritable and annoying. You ever be around a friend who's like on a keto diet? It's like that, but for your cock. Because then like every conversation you have is framed through the fact that you're on this diet. It's just like, oh, where can we go out to eat? Carl's on a keto thing. It's like, oh, guys, sorry I'm acting so irritable. You know, I'm on the keto, so I just haven't had bread in a long time. And it's like, dude, what does that have to do with going to the grandma's funeral? We don't care that you're on a diet, you know? And, and so we just don't need to be in the group chat. And every time you're acting weird, you're like, oh, sorry, guys. It's been th 17 days since I've had an orgasm. Fucking keep that to yourself. Just come. You, babe, you, you think they should come? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what no, no, November is? No. Oh, it's like this movement where for, in November, um, a bunch of sad men on Reddit decide they're not going to have an orgasm for a month and they think that's going to like help reset their dicks. That is going to help nobody. Right? Isn't it just going to like make them annoying? Yes. There we go. Good night, baby. Good well, everybody, uh, that was Wallet Note Lady. <laughs> That's the that is the girlfriend you all just heard. Hello, welcome to the show. <laughs> Seriously, it's just gonna make you irritable and angry and tough to deal with. Like, I mean, it, Wallet Note Lady and I got into a fight, um, like a little bit of a tiff last week, and then she just like paused in the middle of it, and she's like, "You know what? I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I I think I just need to come because I haven't come in a little bit." And and then I went down on her, and then after she came, she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm good now. That's that's all that was. I'm sorry." <laughs> and I was like, "You're such a man." 
This week on the podcast, I have got on uh, trans and sex work activist Cayenne Dora Show. She is the founder of Glitz, Gay and Lesbians Living in a Transgender Society. And I am really excited to share this uh, this conversation with this incredible woman uh, in a little bit. She is, wow, like a commanding presence. I do want to tell some of y'all about the Champagne Room, our uh, super sex positive, super supportive, super fun, super free Discord server. Yes, uh, my favorite channel in the Champagne Room is the Sexual Achievement Sunday channel. Uh, it's literally just a place where every Sunday-ish we gather around and we share our sexual achievements from the past week. A super epic solo session or something new you tried with a partner or just, uh, you know, your latest group sex encounter, whatever, what have you. Uh, it's a very fun place uh, seeing people's stories. This one comes from uh, uh, Cap'n Funkasaurus, who I've been uh, doing a push-up challenge with in the wellness channel. He uh, He wrote, screw it, I feel accomplished with this. I had a lovely second date on Saturday with a girl I'm doing everything in my power to not try and run away from. Oh, is this going to be like an emotional sexual achievement Sunday? I think so, maybe. He says, we saw a movie and talked for four hours with quite a bit of amazingly passionate making out. We agreed not to take it any farther than just that. I told her I really liked her, but I needed her to know that while I'm still nervous about everything... My intention is to go into it, not treating this like a fling. We left and I got home with my boxer briefs absolutely soaked in pre-cum from all the excitement. I decided I was too tired to take care of myself to the morning and I fell asleep. But when I woke up and I wanted to furiously pleasure myself, I got about one minute into it before I realized, wait, this is my pattern. I have an encounter and immediately want to get off and sexualize it. And I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to sit with these feelings as they are. And I allowed myself to just feel the sexual energy without processing it. To me, that's a massive achievement in my sexual health. And it feels good knowing it's okay to do that. Cap is 100% okay to not jerk off about that uh, that that wonderful date. I am going to say it's not great to not jerk off for 30 days because Reddit told you to, but rock on, man. Keep working on that push-up form. I think you're cheating a little bit. Uh, but we would love to uh, see, read, hear your sexual achievements uh, each week. We'd love to see you participate in any number of our channels. We got channels like The Book Nook. We got one just about cannabis. We got Pure Positivity. We got we got a sex toy recommendation channel. And yes, we even have an episode discussion channel where you can discuss the latest Man Whore podcast episodes and your thoughts about it. Introduce yourself today. Join the conversation at manwhorepod.com slash discord. Speaking of connecting with your fellow fan whores, let's do a real quick fan whore appreciation moment. Oh, let's give a shout out right now to Big Bad Bull. There's no way that's your real name. That's that was that your Vegas swinger name? Is that your dope friend finder user handle? Big Bad Bull. Okay, we get the idea. You're bulling around, man, and I want to say thank you. 
for being no bullshit about supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. I was so nervous. I wasn't going to figure out how to like bull my way through all of that. But we bulled it real hard. Lots of bull going in and out, but no bullshit. <laughs> okay, Big Bad Bull, thanks for the support, buddy. Uh, I also want to say thank you to everybody uh, who, who who heard my call to action at the end of last week's episode. Uh, I just got a slew of new Patreon members, a bunch of pre-existing Patreon members. Y'all, a lot of y'all have upped your pledges. That was incredibly kind. Some of you signed up for uh, annual memberships. That was very helpful. And 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 thank you to those of you who don't like Patreon, but cash apped and Venmoed me one-time donations. Uh, y'all mean the fucking world to me. And I hope y'all know I don't take for granted the the kindness and the support and love that I'm feeling from you. Anyways, if you want to become a member of the Fan Whore Nation, if you want to support me and the work that I'm doing here, uh, join up on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Uh, I've seen Cayenne Dorosho uh, speak at several sex work decrim rallies here in New York City over the last several years. Uh, what a fucking force. This woman's been through a lot. She's a former sex worker. She's a big trans rights activist. Let's go chat with the leader of Glitz, Cayenne Dora Show. Did you know up to 30% of dick-having men suffer from premature ejaculation? Yeah, you're not the only one. And I'm telling you, No Nut November is not the solution. I got the solution for you. It's our sponsor this week, Promescent. Promescent's flagship product, the Delay Spray, I've loved it. I kept it in my bag for like a year for any time I was going to go visit my girlfriend or or a hookup partner of some sort because I like to have that little bit of confidence to know I'm going to have enough stamina tonight to get the job done. Well, now Promescent has released their Delay Wipes that are even more convenient to carry around. They're more convenient to use. Tear it open, swipe, swipe, your dick's ready to go. There's no reason to think about grandma or baseball anymore. Just fucks with Promescent. And you'll have plenty of extra time to focus on her or him or whomever you're playing around with that you need some more stamina with. So pick up some delay wipes or the delay spray today at Promescent.com. That's Promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com. And let them know the Man Whore Podcast sent you. Probably the most annoying thing about cryptocurrency is having uh, men try to explain cryptocurrency to you. That's why I love Coinbase. Coinbase is an app that allows you to buy and sell and convert so many different types of crypto. We're not even talking just about Bitcoin and Ethereum, even though I'm a big fan of Ethereum, heavily invested over there. But you can get into Dogecoin, Polkadot, Salerno, um, Parmesan. I don't, I don't, there should be one called Parmesan. It would sound delicious. But Coinbase is a crypto exchange that helps you learn about cryptocurrency. Each cryptocurrency has a page that has uh, news on that cryptocurrency, all sorts of charts. And it even has little tutorials about each different type of of crypto and it lets you know like how that thing works and what sort of blockchain it's built on and what a blockchain is if you want to learn about cryptocurrency forget about trading get on coinbase just to learn more 
And if you choose to start trading, Coinbase is going to give you $10 in Bitcoin for free once you've completed $100 worth of transactions, but only if you sign up and download today at manhorpod.com slash crypto. Get into the game today at manhorpod.com slash crypto. Now let's get to the show. Oh, I thought he was like scared. Like, I don't want to accidentally type too loudly and get no. yelled at. Because <laughs> you run shit. Uh, you you really you really hold the fort down. I mean, you said quiet, and everyone was like, "Yep." <laughs> why Why do you think people um, just so instantly respect you? I've come from the bottom to to somewhat stable. Mm. I've I've been there. I was there. I was that person, and now you know I through lots of hoops and stunts, I have stabilized in the area of being comfortable and mm-hmm. the area of being able to command that kind of presence by just extending my heart. Mm-hmm. Have you have you always like commanded that presence around people or did you kind of well, grow into I was it? a horse. So, you know, you kind of, <laughs> once, once you've been, you know, once you've been a woman of a certain, you know, genre, I would like to say, but you know, just the sex industry in itself is kind of commanding. You get to control your autonomy, your Mm -hmm. body, your space, your money, and, and you can set a price to that. That's how I survived and literally survived. If I had to depend on a system that fails, I chose to depend on myself Instead of giving all of that to an agency that's going to use me, that's going to pimp me even worse than a pimp would, why not own it myself? And look what I turned a hoe into. I took being a hoe to being a leader, to challenging everybody's mind Mm -hmm. into doing well for humanity. I wish half the people in this world were hoes. Then they would know how or what the struggle really means. Mm-hmm. How how do how do you feel like you changed from when you went into doing sex work to when you got out of sex work? Did your personality shift very much? No, no, no. I'm still so you were home. always you were always kind of this. You're kind of always this like kind of bad bitch persona with like lots of swag. Because when I've seen you speak, I was just like, I'm like, I'll I'm captivated. I'll listen. You know, I've seen you at a few rallies now, and I was just like, oh, wow, yep, I'm I'm shutting the fuck up. What she got to say? I don't know. I I think my some of my chutzpah comes from like my mom yeah my mom is a carry she is dynamic she commands space and i think if i was going to patent myself after anybody it would be my mom i think what i've seen in my growth is these women that have been in my life that have showed me kind of how i could step the bar up and not just be a tart, but actually take being a tart into something way higher. Cause damn it, I don't want to sell ass until I'm a hundred. I had to figure out how can I help the world and not have to do sex work mm. when I was using sex worker money to basically help other people survive. How can I turn that around? Did it make sense for me to use my money to help people or actually form an organization that can do the work non-biasly i don't care about your gender or who you are what you are i just care you're a part of the community and the care that you want to be a leader 
That matters to me the most. And you want to go to school. School is iconic if you're going to survive in this world today of quite nasty people. Yeah. In addition to being such commanded presences, were you with these women in your life also as charitable? Or did you learn that elsewhere? Well, my mom used to give out free lunch. That was that was a lot for me and my brother, but it was also fun. Little did we know she was working us like like slaves because we were giving out all this stuff and packing and stacking and doing all Just of that. Spreading lots of jelly. But it was all it was fun. Mm-hmm. And our house was the house that everybody wanted to hang out in. And that taught taught me so much. Mm-hmm. It it showed me so much. And my grandmother, the polar opposite of that, um, kinda her one charity was I think it was Channel 13, Cerebral Palsy, and one of those church ministers on TV. Those were her three charities. Cerebral Palsy, Jerry Lewis, Salaton, um, PBC, PBS, because uh-huh. she invested and she liked the shows. And, and the other one, I think, was Jerry Farwell. And mind you, she did not go to church. She got dressed on Sunday morning, sat in the living room, completely done to the nine and watched church. And when it was over, took all of it off (laughs) and cooked dinner. Uh, Like polar opposite of my mom. But my mom always had this kind of community thing. She was an educator. So that brought a lot of young people around and how we grew up. Yeah. So if I walked into your mom's house, like it also, I would have also walked in the sun similar like I did today. A lot of people, not really sure what the configuration of everything is, but there's a lot of love in the household and a lot of personality around. Yeah. yeah. My mom gives off an aura a little bit like Patty LaBelle. Mm-hmm. She, she's a character. <laughs> At best, a character. Uh, well, it's a good time to say I'm here right now with Kyan Dorishow, the the leader of Glitz and a, a trans sex work activist. I've seen at uh, speak at multiple rallies uh, here in the city. Uh, a friend, you know, Caitlin Bailey. I love Caitlin. Caitlin's fantastic. Friend Some of the of pod. Those people I don't love right now. <laughs> but Caitlin has always been. She's unapologetically like real. She says what she wants to, whether it be wrong or right. She'll own it if it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And if it's right, God help you. (laughs) (laughs) That is true for uh, for the amount of time I've known Caitlin. Is there there a little bit of like a cattiness in the the sex work decrim scene? Uh, It's it's the privilege that are actually talking. It's not like everyday sex workers. Uh It's white women and people with privilege that are deciding what decriminalization looks like for black people. Mm -hmm. Sweetie, if you don't have safety in in tow you can't write policies if it does not say we will not go to jail it needs to say that 100 and i don't think white people know how to design mm-hmm. a, 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 a policy for that mm-hmm. they can design shit that protects a high-end sex worker because basically that's what the fuck we're talking about right we're not talking about the marginalized poor sex worker we're not talking about the massage parlor sex worker. we're not talking about the survivalists the survivalists we're talking about them privileged bitches that make five thousand dollars a day mm-hmm. or the white women that sleep with men that are millionaires giving the money to throw away on creating policies mm-hmm. for black trans women and sex workers all over the world mm-hmm. stay in your lane 
Let us do the talking. Step back. Shut up. Try that. It worked. Hold your breath before you speak about something you know nothing about. Marginalized communities need to be the first on this platform to speak. And some of them skinny bitches need to step back and let us do the talking. Let us create the policies that are going to protect us because they don't have the languages in there that say this single mother that has to raise five kids can survive off of sex work and has the right not to go to jail. Mm -hmm. So you, you look at those demographics, but those are not the women you hear from. These are not the people on the platform. It's the privileged sex workers. It's the people on the high end Mm -hmm. that we're protecting because you're damn sure not talking about poor people. Mm -hmm. Is it, you don't have to name a particular organization if you want to. Oh, most of them are trash. Most of them are trash. White led, but they use one poor little black girl, like kind of almost kind of like a sideshow Bob. Mm Mm-hmm. And the child is illiterate, can't speak well. This is who you put the highlight decrim. Think, think. You're going in front of Congress and in Albany. Be appropriate or do your homework. Learn before you step out to step up to talk about people mm-hmm. and to talk about rights that concern other people. I'm born in New York. Most of these people in this game don't even come from here. Mm-hmm. But they're here talking about something that matters the most. When you think about it, and they're saying the Nordic model, mm-hmm. the Nordic model helps who? It helps. Are people. there people out here saying Nordic oh God, model? Some of them. And it, I mean, like I, I see some people like in maybe like politicians' offices wanna, and stuff say that. But I don't see model. Take your ass to Norwegian. Yeah. Holland. I just don't Still think I've there. ever seen anyone at like a, a decrim rally talk about Nordic model. There are people saying, mm-hmm. well, uh, both sides of it, be it the Nordic model, be the the decrim model, it's not designed for a black trans woman, mm-hmm. a black boy, a black cis mom who is a sex worker. It's not designed for that. Mm-hmm. It's designed to help these pri- privileged motherfuckers, and they want to put this these policies. They're fighting all over the world with this right now. Are there more people like me that are standing behind these policies and writing them? No. When they're writing stuff like this, yeah. I think we have a problem because we don't speak up, or we're not allowed to speak up in these spaces. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, well, let us take the lead. Let us run. And you just stand there and be pretty. That's not going to work when it comes to the protections of a marginalized community. For Christ's sake, a massage parlor girl jumped out a fucking window. When? Because the, this was like no. a couple of years ago no. because the police broke into a massage parlor. That was the only thought in her head to protect herself. Or was she that scared to be deported? But that was the end result. She jumped out of a fucking window. Mm. So are policies really helping us? Mm. Are we in those rooms to talk about that? Well, we're still operating in like a criminal, you know, in a, in a society where like sex works criminalized. So in this decrim conversation, what do you think policy wise is missing? We're, we're, we're living in a world where the, the, the tagline is, um, trafficking. Mm. Well, I'm being trafficked every motherfucking day when I want have to pay a bill I don't want to pay. Mm. I'm being trafficked when people are trying to sue me for their shit. Mm. I'm being trafficked every day that I have to tell somebody I can't help them because the access is going to go to somebody else. Mm. Um, 
And you think about how we're writing these laws and these bills. Are we still being trafficked? Because now you're trying to take away autonomy. You're trying mm. to take away somebody's right to support themselves without the government being fucking involved. You're already trying to take away women's rights for abortion. So what gives you the fucking right to say what a woman can do or can't do? These are mostly men mm -hmm. sitting in these rooms, making these policies, creating these languages. And it's about the feminist that needs to stand the fuck up mm -hmm. and scream from a rooftop. No, you have no part in this. We need to be writing this. Mm -hmm. So with like these organizations that you think like are, are pretty shitty here in the city. That I like think they're mostly crap. These are backbiting bitches that want to make a name. Mm -hmm. Or for sex workers. They want to make a name for themselves. Mm. Well, I got a fucking name. I didn't need that. I got a name for being a sex worker. Yeah. Being Cody O. Um, but you're making a name off for marginalized communities and think you're fighting the good fight. Yeah. Bitch, write a check. That's how you that's how you help a sex worker. Write a fucking check. Use your grandmother's grandmother's money and give it out. Mm. That's how you stand up and let people of color do this. Because all over the world right now, there are trans women getting their rights taken away. Mm -hmm. You think somebody care about, nobody cared about all the government officials mm -hmm. sucking dick and fucking. Nobody gave a fuck about them until 45 got caught. Mm -hmm. But how many of the other ones got caught? And it was a quiet conversation. Mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe, and the list goes on and on. Why is it that another privileged sex worker actually got paid to do the dirty deed with Tangerine 45, Tangerine because of his color, 45 because he was the president. Why is it that one white woman got paid hmm. to shut the fuck up and got paid for sleeping with him? But meanwhile, marginalized communities were attacked through a bill called Sessin Foster. Yeah. How, how does that happen? Was, was that blindsiding? You signed this bill? You signed this bill to take away the rights of others because that's exactly mm. what you did as a commander in chief. Yeah. Well, why fucks with some of these organizations where like where you share a, an end goal that's very similar, but you know, you don't like how they're going about it. At some point you say, like, you know what, I'm not talking at your rally, or I'm not talking at a rally where y'all are invited to. Do you is that something you gotta calculate at oh, all? Oh, I do. I don't partner with a lot of people. Mm. I, I keep But like my, the Liza Orleans thing, like do you have to look at like who the speakers are but first before you agree to, to talk? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> those noises alone i think you know one of the things that fascinated about fascinated me about her oh that was the dryer y'all um i think one of the things that fascinated me was that she worked from her home she was in her home mm -hmm. she wasn't in the street she wasn't in an office her office was her home much like my home is my office sure. um and i that's that shows a lot about people when that's how you have to work. Mm -hmm. And you, you're trying to create different policies in this world and fight for marginalized people. Yeah. Well, let, let's like go back to your like sex work days. So like what, what got you into that in the first place? A childhood of, of a lot. Mm -hmm. A childhood of a lot. Not having access. Coming from a privileged family. Mm -hmm. but because I was trans and there were no books or teachings or anything that taught you how to raise a, a trans child, the, the 
truth is I was better off in the street than I was ever at home. And I chose the street. I tried over and over again to go back. And each time I went back, I realized the person I am was not safe in that space. So sex work is how I survived. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you, uh, you eventually get into Dom and what was your exit strategy? How'd you get out of it? Um, not that one ever needs to get out, but just the anger Yeah, (laughs) in street work, the competition of it all. Social media helped change all of that because we were able to advertise in a different way. We were able to screen our clients and not be in the street. But also I had gained the sense of respect and purpose in discovering many different ways to survive and BDSM work became that way. It became an avenue for me not to have to use my body mm-hmm. as a tool, but to be able to use my mind mm-hmm. and, and come up with these characters that I would have to be in situations I would have to be in. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was it? What? I feel like we don't hear about the experience of like street based work very often. I, you know, even when I have, I have a lot of sex workers on the show. Not a lot of them have experience with street based work. A lot of them are escorts, they're doms, they're, you know, porn folk, whatever. But, you know, what's, what's that whole world like that you don't think people know about? The, the danger in Mm -hmm. street work. What are Um, the dangers? Oh, death, (laughs) rape, um, getting beat up arrest there are dangers there are dangers nothing comes without but nothing comes without highs or lows there has to be a middle ground street work yes it's exciting as fuck um and you said exciting yes oh my god yes what was exciting about it just the adrenaline yeah adrenaline you know what you're going out for and you set a goal and do you hit the goal? Do you not hit the goal? <clears throat> you hit the goal if you know what yeah. you're doing. And if you don't hit the goal, you're out there again. I wasn't a everyday street worker. I only went out when it was a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I knew how to market in a way where I felt safe. I didn't stay with the gaggle of girls. I mm-hmm. stayed off in a cut. Let's face it, this whole fucking world is a competition, including sex work. It's a competition. Yeah. Um, just it, and it's honest. I, I would take the honesty in sex work over a cheating wife. Yeah, like that. Come on, or yeah. cheating husband. But also, how therapeutic to actually have a client that has a trans fantasy. It's nothing sexual. Mm-hmm. It's his fantasy to either go out to dinner or to be demasculated by a trans woman because it gives him a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and what purpose did they give me? Well, just a complete joy to demasculate a man. <laughs> Lord knows men have tortured me half my life. I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe uh, sex work, especially like street-based sex work. Someone who like was doing it because they kind of had to, not because like they wanted to. I don't think I've ever heard anyone uh, describe it as exciting before. I think you're the first one to tell me that. I'm a realist. I'm not going to lie yeah. and say, oh, wow. 
You know, it was so horrible. Well, yeah, well, from like the survivalist sex workers, that's kind of the storyline is like, well, they're doing it because they have to. It's horrible, but they must and they should be allowed to. to. But then you hear the, you know, those who who choose and who like want to or they could, you know, they have a college education. They could get these jobs. They choose this. There's a very different like narrative. That's the privilege that that choose that road of I'm going to do it to get kicks because my grandma's going to hate it. That doesn't work (laughs) for black trans women. I did it before I was trans. Mm -hmm. I did it and actually discovered I was trans through the transition of doing sex work. Mm -hmm. Um, I always knew I was flamboyant and fabulously fashion. (laughs) But I also knew if I wanted to step my game up in this market, I had to carry myself in a a certain way and, and feel good about going out. I just couldn't go out in anything because I needed to feel good for myself. And that, like I heard from other sex workers that I had, had met that, you know, you find your own market, your niche market, and you deal with that. And my other girlfriend, her market was celebrities. She mm-hmm. just had the thing, and she was drop-dead gorgeous. But Tamaya knew how to get a celebrity in her presence, and they would just automatically be gifted yeah. and, and you know, drawn to her. And I didn't have hang-ups. I, I didn't have the hang-ups a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. And I had learned not to have the hang-ups about sex because I had to use sex as a tool to, to survive. See, yeah. I, what I did get to see is the many barriers and the different levels of discrimination within sex work because mm-hmm. there's levels. And I had to figure out my place in all of that. There, There's colorism, ageism, and all of it. Yeah. And sexism, and it just goes on and on. You were doing, you were doing work in the beginning presenting as a man? No, still, or- I was... No, you said never. before you transitioned. Before I transitioned, that's when I was homeless. Uh-huh. So I would never wore men's clothing ever. When I was able to buy my clothes, mm-hmm. everything I bought was borderlining. Like it took a while for my parents to figure out that that was actually female suits. And <laughs> well, I, what I was getting as when you were doing street based work, it just it sounded like maybe you were you were presenting one way and then you started transitioning oh, no. or no? No, okay. I just gotcha. automatically love clothing. Gotcha, gotcha. So actually taking the time to discover I need hormones. Uh-huh. I think this is not just being fashionably correct. Mm. I think this is a little different. Yeah. And discovering that sex work helped me figure that out. Seeing the other girls, seeing girls that were in transition and had transitioned was incredible for me to see because then the clothing matched the person. Mm. I was, I don't know. The clothes scared. Yeah. I was scared of hormones. I was scared of, but I had the fashion sense totally together. <laughs> I was kind of, and it, it it showed me something about clientele uh-huh. because I dressed well. I had clients that literally would just want my stockings, like take them off five hundred dollars just for my stockings. Of course, they were very expensive stockings, but they were <laughs> stockings. And I was like, is this a thing? So I got to learn so much about kink and, and people and men in general. Mm-hmm. And and a lot that I kind of regret because in that I should have 
learned how to protect myself from the very community I served, which is men. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think if you're ever going to tell your man, hey, I was a sex worker, it could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like that's happened. Yeah. 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 Because then they feel obliged to feel like they needed to be supported by a sex worker. No, sweetie, you're not a pimp and I'm not working for you. Mm. But that's how most of the orgs are out here. Everybody wants to pimp you for a little thing if you're in advocacy and if you're black and trans. They want to throw that black girl up there. I have no room or space for them stupid motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help a motherfucker get to success. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether you're a sex worker. It's what you're doing with it. It's are you leading? Are you a part of changing the demographic on a person of colleagues? I, I would like people of privilege, sex workers of privilege, to find a black trans woman in their city, in their town, and invest in them. Mm-hmm. Invest in getting them in school. Invest in getting them trainings and stuff they're going to need to survive. What was that first night like when you like went out on the street and like got glammed up and were like, I'm going to go make X number of dollars tonight. Yeah. Scary. Scary. One guy pulled out a gun and said, I was too young to be down there. And if he see me again, he'd shoot me. The next client actually gave me enough money to get out the shelter system. I, he gave me enough money and he told me go home. How old, how old were you then? I think about 15, 16. Oh, he um, gave me the money, drove around a couple of times. I said, I'm not going to tell you again. Get off this block. Yeah. Well, that gave me enough money to go get a room. And that started the process of having control over doing sex work. Mm-hmm. I needed to pay my rent. So, but I had a roof over my head. It was mine and it belonged to nobody else. The only person that could get me out of there was me for not paying rent. Did you go right back out though the next night? No. No? Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. It, only when it was a necessity. Yeah. I I'm, wasn't a frequent flyer. I was a flyer, but not mm. frequent. I When I needed, I assessed. When I didn't need, I didn't go. So much about you seems to like revolve around community. So those like earlier days, like, you know, on the block, like when you were going out and the the other girls were out there too working, what did you learn about community from all that? That they can be horrible, (laughs) that they can be mean and jaded Mm -hmm. and, and just horrible. But I also found a sense of sisterhood. I had some relationships that were over 20, 30 years old. You're still in communication yeah, I'm still with someone. Communication. That's with wild. Folk. And and those relationships are fabulous. I got people I went to college, which I I, I can't get them to brunch. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of them are dead. Yeah. So you know, as time progresses, this is a part of life. We lose people, but the reality is, I've always taken people home. I've always extended, overextended. I heard you know if you keep helping people, it's gonna kill you. People are going to kill you. Help yourself. I had struggled so long. I didn't want anybody else to struggle like I did. Mm -hmm. I struggled with addiction because of the homelessness, because of all the drama, because of sex work, because of it all. It was all a recipe to disaster. And I had to figure out a middle ground. Mm -hmm. I had to figure out safety. I had to figure out pride. 
And a lot of that that I could not say and was holding was because I had no pride. I was ashamed of being a sex worker. I was ashamed of having to use my body to support myself. And I found it. I found pride. How'd you find it? All that drama. Well, I got off of drugs. I got Mm -hmm. off of crack. Uh, That helped. That helped. And I had clients that reached out in the process of me cleaning up. They were like, anything you need, anything you need will help you. If you just need support, you just need somebody to talk to. If you need a trip, rehab, you tell me. That showed me it was more than just sex work. It was forming a relationship and a bond to have access to help. That's what I got out of all of it, was that my Johns had turned into friends and allies. Mm -hmm. That's... That's the sign of a good sex worker. Mm-hmm. Just for like, because I know a lot of men listen too, and I think a lot of guys ve- definitely toe that line of thinking, oh no, she really likes me. She really wants to be my friend. And really they're kind of overstepping boundaries. So like, what about these particular Johns made it not that fantasy where they think things, but they're actually being helpful they, and actually they, forming I'm, a friendship. I'm a pretty direct person and yeah. I always was, even in sex work. So yeah. I would literally say, listen, I'm not here to have you blow smoke up my ass, yeah. nor will I let you aggravate me. I get annoyed really quick. So I need you to be 100. I'll be 100. And when you're talking to men about real life issues, regardless whether it be about sex or sex work, just life in general, you're able to change the game on how they see you. An intelligent conversation can practically turn a John into a husband because you've invested time into helping him relax through conversation, through just hearing. Sometimes uh, my clients just wanted to be heard. Mm -hmm. And that's important. It's kind of a therapist and a therapist that happens to be a sex therapist and a sex worker. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And let's put it this way. I don't find sex work much different from marriage at all. Mm -hmm. The negotiations are the same. It's you want a wash machine? Bend over. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's negotiations like that. I don't find different at all from sex work. At all. It's all a compromise. Mm. You ever been married? Oh, not for the right reasons. Oh. Yeah, did that and yeah, won't do it again. And maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I will in another time and space. But I think I can't do any of that until I find us as a people in a right place, in a right space, where there are more ver- visions and versions of us throughout the world. And by us, you mean black, sex trans, workers, sex, black workers. Trans, sex yeah. workers, um, graduating school, becoming doctors, getting their doctorate, doing the work, being in these rooms, becoming, becoming, I love to see a trans sex worker become a judge. I need that. I need that in my life. I need to see that. I also want to see a trans doctor be an OBGYN because I think that's needed so women know their place. 
mm-hmm. in this world. I I think we need to be an aspect of every aspect of this world because we've been discluded from all of it. Still today, white women are still trying to take up space of black trans women. It's disgusting. We owe nobody anything for survival, but it's okay for Caitlyn Jenner to be Caitlyn Jenner. Why? That comes with privilege. Um, But still yet, a black trans woman is suffering. Mm -hmm. Are you you worried that that having that high bar to maybe put energy into dating and finding love and marriage and things like that will never come because of this this bar where like the world has to change for you to sounds like for you to feel like oh yeah now i got time to focus on that personal life i would never want to bring somebody into this this is a dog eat dog eat world this is you have to be strong. You have to have a backbone. Your partner also has to be willing to take the shit too, mm-hmm. because a lot of this work is 100% you when you are doing this work so other people can survive and grow. It, it, takes away a lot of the time and the heart and the space you have to share with somebody else. Mm. It, it's disgusting, but it's the reality yeah. that it's kind of, I married my, my business. I'm now a sex worker for the community, (laughs) so to speak. But also we're able to change this world. That matters the most that we are, I myself am looking at relationships in a different way because of what's going on, what I'm doing, what I'm doing to help others. I would have a partner, If I was to have a partner, he would be scared for the life I have to live and the amount of people I have to keep at bay. And just the who is really authentic. Who is my friend because they're my friend? Or who is my friend because they're a tool and just want to use me? Mm -hmm. So those are the things you have to ask when you're thinking about relationship. But meanwhile, Becky and Karen can do it all, and they're not bothered by any of it. A black trans leader has to worry about all of that. And it excludes her from being able to have a private life, a social life, a life where you can extend love like everybody else can. This work doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, haters are going to hate, but the work goes on and on and on. We still have to do it. The world keeps revolving while we're literally at a standstill in our minds and bodies and souls. I have had my heart like just stumped on by organizers and workers and people that say, I'm your good Judy. And they turned out to be pieces of shit and just not transparent. I prefer for people to be honest, own it. I am a piece of shit. Introduce yourself. You need a t-shirt or something that comes across your head like a scanner that says, I'm a fuck up. I'm using black trans women to promote my whiteness. And I will do anything by any means to destroy. And you have an example of that? That just this community in a whole, a lot of the people that are doing the talking are white privileged women. Hmm. A lot of the people in our spaces trying to take up space. Yeah, I do. Odisha Ray, Red Umbrella Project. Look it up. Red Umbrella, yeah. Scumbag of a bitch. Mm -hmm. But this is the bitch that literally used black trans women to promote herself and in the end lied. About everything, 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 everything. So like they're actually blue umbrellas the whole time. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Everything <laughs> pertained to us was about her. 
she platformed black trans women so she could get a step up in this world, mm -hmm. a pig. Now, count how many other white women in sex work have the power to step on black trans women. Mm -hmm. The numbers are staggering. The numbers are staggering. Lend that access to do something real. Shut the fuck up. Step back. Lend that access to actually create change in a black trans woman's life so she can create change in another black trans woman's life. It is superficial to say, I'm going to take you to the spa. Why am I taking you to the spa? I should be taking you to the spa because I'm taking you to get a job because I'm taking you to the bank to get a bank account mm -hmm. because I'm investing in you. What what does that was? Well, yeah, it sounds like you just answered. I was going to say, like, what does that look like? Is it as simple as cutting a check? But you're like, it doesn't have to be just cutting a check. It can be like, bring me to a job, bring me to somewhere I might be able to live, bring me somewhere where I can get food. Well, if you look at the policies, if you're going to hate sex workers and, and have all this to say about sex work, God damn it, where's our 40 acres and a mule? Mm -hmm. Especially black trans women. We've had access to nothing, no less education. Mm -hmm. Where's our 40 acres and a mule? Because we've been robbed. The indigenous Indians get are getting it. The Jewish people are getting it with the Holocaust thing. Where the fuck are black trans women? 40 acres and a mule. The people in Berlin, I just heard they, they got like a billion dollar, a couple of billion dollar lawsuit. What happened to black trans women? Mm -hmm. Where's the excess fuss? Because mm -hmm. we damn sure don't have it. And we've had the access to nothing but policies that don't work for us. Mm -hmm. What policies will work for you? Us creating them. But, but us creating them a a whole new way of life where we make the decisions and demands on these politicians that are creating the languages around black trans lives and sex workers. Sure. I've given you the heavy pen and all the power to to write some new policies. Like, is there one or two things? There you are would housing discrimination. Mm. One, there is definitely false accusations that need to be checked on. These are cases that have been held against black trans women, discrimination of all certain types, employment, mm. but also- What kind of accusations go at the black trans women? Oh yeah, rape. Like, uh, they're accusing uh, the, them of rape? Or just anything just surrounded. Anything. Yeah, either you or your man or something like that. Um, just the, all the indiscretions that are going on are just horrible, mm. horrible. And, and who stands to suffer? Who stands to profit? Who stands to be platformed? And who stands to lose their whole shit because people are platformed in the wrong way? Mm. It's interesting about platforming. What, what, what is that? What does that word mean to you? Kind of how people use me. In the beginning, how every, every agency was willing to stand up as long as they had ownership in Cayenne. Mm -hmm. When Cayenne got ownership in Cayenne, a lot of these dirty bitches proved that they were just dirty bitches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there might be, so there might be overlap in the timeline of this, but like, when do you stop doing sex work? When do you and how do you start doing advocacy work? I think Glitz I was stopped, 2015. I stopped doing sex work when I was arrested in New Jersey huh. for sex work. And On behalf of my home state, I apologize. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Governor Christie was an asshole <laughs> choking on chicken. Um, probably a cock, but you know. 
I wasn't there. I wasn't in the room. But, you know, I, the bottom line, being arrested changed my whole, being outed, being put in the paper, all of that. When was that? Me. That was 2013. 2013? You were in the paper for that? Yes. Three pages of the paper with a map leading You got to three pages house. in the paper? You got a lot. Someone wins a Nobel Prize, they can't even get three pages in a paper. <laughs> I know, but, but being a whore made three yeah. pages. I'm iconic. <laughs> so you get out in the paper in 2013 and then you're like i'm done i did, had no you, didn't, you didn't serve time I for that did you i did 30 days you did 30 days for a bag of marijuana they wanted to punish me in some kind of way and they did 30 days well life is punishing what they did was do that i wrote a cookbook with that horrible person or Sheree. um and i took lead of my own life mm-hmm. when i realized that she was a tool and red umbrella was full of shit i was able to figure out that i had been doing god's work the whole time which is helping people and i didn't need a white woman to do that help mm-hmm. i could do it based on my own policies and my beliefs and how i want people to be held which you did by starting glitz yeah yeah, do you want to tell us about the the formulation of, of your organization? I asked my mentor and one of my moms, Flawless Sabrina, um, I wanted to start an agency and I wanted to platform education mm-hmm. and sustainability for our community, but I needed to have a solid ground because I felt like everything for black trans people and community didn't really spell out who I am or what I am. So I named it Gays and Lesbians Living in a Transgender Society. Mm -hmm. Because as long as I can remember, you've only heard about the gays and lesbians. Transgender's just been a thing, and as far as I'm considered, a word that white people created. Because they were calling us cross-dressers, faggots, he, she's, Mm -hmm. and all of that. So who created that term? And probably the same person that created 182 of the pronouns we have to say now. Mm. Um, Sounds like you're not uh, a huge fan of the pronouns. I am still fighting to be trans right now. I am still fighting to be a transgender woman. Mm. I have to prioritize my fight. Because I, I, I understand y'all have your shit. Yeah. I still have to cry. I am still not okay. It's still not okay to be black and trans. And we have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Because we don't. We're living in this ever-changing world of all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Not created by black people. I'm okay being titled lady, woman. I prefer a lady. Because any a woman could be biological. Not every woman can be a lady. So I have to use that term and think about it correctly. Mm-hmm. I will never be a woman. I will mm-hmm. always be a lady. How I handle myself is of a lady. To be a woman means I would have a vagina and I'm okay. I don't need one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a lady. So what went, would you what would you have to go through to start up Glitz? I and what was like the original with, goal? Oh, I, I, I do. I'm not a person that likes waffling mm. or wasting time. I immediately applied for my LLC. I paid for it. I, I jumped off. I asked people for help. I asked other organizers, Janetta Johnson, Miss Major, Flawless Sabrina. I asked icons in this business to help me do this work. And, and Sharon Grayson, I, people I looked up to and noted they know the struggles. They have been there. They were there 
during Stonewall. They were there before Stonewall. And what were their takes on reality, the reality of being trans? Mm -hmm. Because as somebody that was new to the game, I needed to hear from older people. What did you learn about the the Stonewall era? It's full of shit. Mm Mm-hmm. It's full of shit. You based it on two fucking people when it's more than two people. Yes, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvie Rivera. Ooh, but Stonewall was bigger than two people. Mm-hmm. What happened to the Miss Majors? What happened to the Flawless Sabrinas? What happened to the countless women that are not here today to speak or the women that are still alive and not even heard from? Mm-hmm. Those, what happened to those people? What did you learn anything about that era to help inform the work you wanted to do in the present? When you said you wanted yeah, to learn from yeah, older people. Yeah, I learned you, how learn? to hold people. That's what I learned. Yeah. How to lift people. We have all this frivolous shit out here. We have more support groups than we got pantyhose. <laughs> how actually to hold people and get them into a place of saf- safety. I don't just want you to be an organizer. I want you to learn how to organize. Mm. I don't just want you to have a college degree. I want you to have a purpose within your college degree. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how does that kind of play with what's going on here at, at this home? And also one of the things I found so impressive at the, which I didn't realize until the Orleans rally back in June, but it was like, Wait, you did what now? You bought a fucking building? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm a professional poor person, like owning a building, <laughs> owning anything. I'm surprised I own this microphone. Like, I'm just like, wow, like a whole building and the building was to house community. Mm-hmm. My um to house leaders in the community. I just it's so fun how like how ultra respect he's trying so hard to roll it as quietly as that? possible. Cause he is so scared you about to turn. <laughs> it was the slow roll for me. Like yeah. earlier Greg was trying to tiptoe and I was trying to be like, dude, you're good. Like you're your step your steps aren't gonna be super loud, I promise. <laughs> you know <laughs> you run a tight ship here. <laughs> I, I try. We have to be real here. Most of this work is done by some really horrible people. There's a handful of these people that are authentic, real, transparent, loving, Mm. caring, a handful, when most of the people in this business are beasts. How do you tell the difference? Not everyone has your street smarts. It's street smarts, but also it's being cautious. I I wasn't in the beginning in this work. I believe that everybody doing this work would just, ah, they were the cream of the crop. It's just fabulous people. And what I've learned is, they're scumbags. They're the worst kind of scumbags. They're scumbags that use people, and people that use people are the worst people. Mm-hmm. Do you get tired? I have moments of yeah. um, really breaking down, but I I have bounce back power. And because even watching you this morning, I won't say what you were talking about, but like just watching you like handle a situation on the phone while like having to like call in this person, this person needs something from you. I was just like, wow, you like, you know, when do you when do you rest? I have moments. I have moments. I had a dinner for a couple that actually won an auction for me to cook dinner for them. And it was so beautiful. And they were so kind and nice. And those are the ups. Those mm-hmm. are the ups. I I like going to the building. We're creating an apartment for a couple in the building mm-hmm. right now. That, those are the ups. Giving people what they need is what keeps me going. The people that 
the naysayers can kiss my ass, honey. They can go to Burger King, get a big straw, and suck out the crevice of my ass. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> the way you the way you rip on someone is so key because it stays in the exact same like key and tone and cadence, but it's just like most viral read on someone. It's just like wow, it's like those are violent I words. I look at these people with, that <laughs> have done these horrible things yeah. to me, and I go, well, you know, if there's any hope in the world, those little bastard children of theirs is going they're going to kick their ass because that's the other side of you 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 fucked people over mm-hmm. karma on the other side of the fuck is like a big giant blow fan mm-hmm. so what you do to people oh my god years down the line when you least suspect it the turncoats are going to be the very seeds you push so as a believer of karma you must uh feel confident that like you have a lot of rest coming for you on the other side of all this a lot of peace I and prosperity rest because i got faith uh-huh. i i do believe in god and that faith is what keeps me heightened what gives me the sense of purpose which tells me i can tell them suck my ass um <laughs> that faith also keeps me guided to know that i'm on the right track and the fact that i can say suck my ass is because i'm finally talking for me Mm-hmm. I'm finally in an area by having my own agency to tell you fuck off, to tell you that you don't support us, to tell you that you are a vile and vicious creature. When I worked for other people, I could not do that. Mm-hmm. But actually being transparent, and let's face it, people don't know me for really holding my tongue. I challenge a bitch to tell me, oh, you know, she was so soft about what she said. No, people are tools. If And I, I put it this way. If half these women in this business, in the advocacy work, hmm. could be a tool of, on a man's body, they would be uncircumcised dicks. Cheesy. Because that's how half these bitches are. Cheesy. In this business. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There it is. There's a hole. That's what I think. And every time they do something, I think about pulling back the skin and getting Clorox and just washing them off. But <laughs> <laughs> the filth, the, the pure filth. I know, Love I know, it. I know, I know. <laughs> but like your cadence is as if you're reading the headline of a newspaper. You're just like, yeah. And you know, just like you can suck out of my ass through a small straw. It's like, <laughs> no, the Burger King straws are actually fat. Uh, you get a lot done with the Burger King straw. Wow, but it sounds the, like you've done a lot with a Burger King it, straw. I've actually thought about it. I, I, McDonald's straws are skinny and small. You get lost. We get it. We get it. <laughs> Kyan Dorjo is a size queen. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. That's why I'm here today, actually. is uh, <laughs> Small dick havers everywhere were talking shit, and they were right. Uh, they were confirmed. <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy that we're living in this world where... I have to say these things now. It's Mm -hmm. 2021. And if I don't talk authentically and transparently, I get lost somewhere in somebody else's shit. I refuse to do that. If I'm going to make a stake and build a legacy on this earth, I want all black trans women to be transparent, to tell that fucked up person you're working for, you're fucked up. Mm. Start your own agency. If you need that help, let's get you into college so you can. Let's get you tutors and mentors so you can do that work. Because working for other people will get you nothing but a headache and a little check Mm. actually changing lives gets you everything 
change in the world. Speaking of change in the world, let's talk a little bit about the the building you bought. Holy yeah. shit. You bought a building in New York City just to house people who need to be housed. No. Just to house people that want to be leaders. Mm. I have very little access to housing just anybody. Yeah. That's not my quest. Okay. My quest is to get people to leadership, to make their dreams come true, to build a platform that I have built, to buy property, to build equity. As black trans people and queer community and the whole umbrella, we've had little access to New York. I say it over and over again. We deserve 40 acres and a mule yeah so many come to new york because they feel like this is like a mecca this is, this is the, the home, this is the safe haven this is where they come they, right they love the they struggle. love all this stuff yeah they come right into the struggle this is the hardest fucking city to live in mm -hmm. this is not a walk in the park but yeah. they think oh they big lights i'm gonna go to i'm gonna be a model it's like they're trans or even I'm they think this be... is the safe place to go i'm in ohio okay i'll go the way you go to new york you go to san francisco like you're right i mean i gotta think that that ryan reynolds guy because he actually <laughs> you did you don't know how many sex workers he probably helped how Wait, many what? sex they, what did ryan do he the pose the show pose Oh, oh, Ryan Murphy. Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Okay, okay. Ryan so Ryan Murphy. Very... Yeah, somebody totally different. <laughs> Ryan Murphy came up with that and hired a bunch of community. However long or short it was, they still got hired. Yeah. That's the bottom line. That was the joy. Did I watch the show? No. I lived that shit sure. and I lost a lot of friends. So watch, I watched the beginning mm -hmm. and I watched the last episode. <laughs> wow! That I yeah, because all the middle you're like all the it. middle I was traumatized. You're like I, I know I buried my friends. Yeah, I buried so many friends. I watched so many friends. I slept with some of them friends in the street, on the street, in shelters. Why would I want to relive those moments? Yeah. yeah. Also, why would I want to see a fictional, glorified measure of that moment? What What was the process like? What went through buying the building? And what's like the and how does someone become someone who gets to be in that building? How do you pick out who who that first group is? I thought of the person who I know struggled the hardest, uh -huh. who not only had access to taking care of their parent, but had never had access to having their own. Mm -hmm. It was either a partner or somebody else, but their own ownership. And then giving them ownership in themselves is giving them a job. Helping them understand the school is the purpose. And yes, you have big dreams. Let's make those dreams happen. And the start is enrolling in school. So did you start crowdfunding? Like, how'd you get, like, what was it, $2 million? No, um, my sister, Rio, said, what if I I needed money because I was being evicted? Right. This is last year, right? This was two years ago. Two years ago. And my sister, Rio, said, what if we just go ahead and raise you a million? And I said, girl, please. Because, of course, I had no faith. And, well, who knew? The bitch was right. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't follow the numbers. I had a very awful person working for me. As all of this was playing out, mm -hmm. they they did, again, the most egregious things to this community. White women in a black them, they, us, and our robbed this community. A white woman with false accusations and a black queen had just pillaged 
mm. through some of our donations and credit cards that were supposed to be for people. Right. But while all of that was going on, we were also giving out a share my check. We were helping people get out of jail and getting into Airbnbs because of like COVID-19. Who, is, is this all like people like shoot you a text and say, I got a friend? Or is this like people go to a site? Like, I what? how know. do you, because you've helped, you help so many people. Like, how do you even know who you're helping? That, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Is this, I, I've been helping people yeah. from Africa to New York to Berlin to Germany to Puerto Rico. So if somebody says like, I need help, you kind of just go like- I I want to find out where they're at. I can refer people all over the world. Mm. It's actually finding out what they need. And let's work from that. Clearly, if they're not talking about leadership, they don't want to be a leader. And then they're not fit for the the building. They're not fit for me. For you. Yeah. I have very... My mind is set on creating leaders. So you're not a charity house. You no. want to build future leaders who do yeah. not have tools to do it. I want to see one of these people become a doctor, a judge, yeah. a lawyer, a DA. Because mm-hmm. if we, I would love to see a trans DA. Stick yeah. it to the old DAs. Um, I, I, because we're missing in the books, we're missing in school. There are barely any stories of people like us. If we ever had access to have jobs like that, sure. So we need to start creating mm-hmm. that access and putting ourselves in these history books. What does uh, what is coaching one of these like young people that you're helping out? Was was that kind of look like? I gotta tell you, Vanessa Wari, I adore. When this young woman says six years ago she wanted to go to school, I supported that. Mm-hmm. For her to be going for her master's and doctoring combined, I support that. Um, she did this in the midst of a pretty nasty situation that happened to her. Again, a white woman. Um, and she could have given up. She could have dropped out. She said no. I think I'm going to go full throttle. I'm going to go for both of them together. And I'm going to get this done because I need to make a mark in this world. And I need to talk about shit like this, mm-hmm. how we give ownership to people that don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so like how many people um, are going to get to be in this this new home? 12, that you it's brought? 12 it's units. 12? Mm-hmm. As one family moves out, I'm moving community and one person at a time. This couple that I'm moving in now have been, together 25 years they've been struggling Mm -hmm. with sustainability and they're in their later years in life and you don't have to move anymore you're home you can die there and and we get replaced every time our lease is up every time we have to do it all over again i'm creating a space where if they're a leader they never have to leave but I commissioned them to invest in this community. Yeah. This is not for nothing or yeah. the faint of heart or the person that wants to just lay on their ass and collect the, collect the check. I have no time for frivolous bullshit. Mm-hmm. This is for leaders. And, and you know, these are leaders that help me build this base. Mm-hmm. They lead by design. Mm-hmm. They're very stern. She is very stoic. Like, it's almost amazing to watch her walk in a room. She commands just her presence alone. And she's a black trans woman, 71 years old, I think, and fabulous. And she, she, you know, she talks to me as if it's kind of like the trans Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. She talks to me kind of, you know, a thought with authority and, and love. 
but it commissions me to do this work and commission others. Yeah. Well, Cayenne, where can people go to, uh, you know, learn more about you, learn more about Glitz? Where can they go find you? You can go to the website, www.glitzinc.org. Mm-hmm. And you can reach out for me and my staff. Hello, Meta. Hello, Matriarch. I think with that, we'll let you go. Kyan, thanks so much for making time to chat with us. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Bye, everybody. And if you need me, I am here. Inspire yourself to inspire others. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. What a boss, right? You don't want to fuck around with Kyan Doris show. And the way she, she... Read some people to filth is, woo, uh, I do not want to be on the receiving end of any of that. So, wow. Uh, we would love to know what you thought about this week's episode, what you thought about the topics we discussed. Uh, if you are a very defensive white woman and you would like to stand up for yourself, if you want to tell us your thoughts about Cayenne, drop them in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room. Join the conversation today. Introduce yourself at manhorpod.com slash discord. Of course, you can always email me your comments, your questions, your criticisms to manhorpod at gmail.com. You may even hear your email on the show. And uh, gosh, this one's my favorite. I absolutely love it when you publicly admit that you listen to the Man Horror Podcast on social media, just like I love it when my girlfriend finally posts a picture of us on her Instagram. It's like, oh, you're claiming me. You're no longer you're not ashamed to be with me. You want people to know you're with me. Like, I want you to want people to know that you fucks with the Man Horror Podcast. Don't forget to tag me. I'm uh, on Instagram at Billy is Presida. I'm on Twitter at the Billy Presida. Another place I love to connect with the flirtier of y'all is on OnlyFans. Yes, it's free to follow, just a little bit to flirt, and it's oh so worth it to unlock my content and watch me mm, stroke that bacock. Okay, go follow me at OnlyFans.com slash Billy. I think it's time to do another man con again soon. I think it's time to start planning for that. I think we're going to have to do two of them in 2022 just to make up for lost time. Hey, Canadians, that border is open again. Let's get busy and let's stay slutty.